fastest hour of the week. I hope everybody had a great 4th of July week and got to spend some good time, quality time with your family. But uh, moving forward to tonight, we're going to talk about one subject that I believe, uh, to me personally, probably one of the most important subjects to a an individual's Christian walk, their walk with God, uh, is the subject of forgiveness and how to walk in it. Uh, it happens to the best of us. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are, you're not exempt from it. Uh, but at times there's gonna be people that are around you that may say something that hurts your feelings. They may uh, do something wrong that causes you pain, heartache, may cause you, you know, some finances. Uh, and a lot of times as Christians, you know, we just, well, you have to forgive. And it's, it's one of those things, and I'll be honest, it's, it's easier said than done. But irregardless, it's something that we have to do. It's something that we cannot ignore because all through the Bible, especially in the New Testament, it talks about forgive. And what you begin to find out is if you don't forgive and you hold unforgiveness in your heart, it not only uh, causes you know pain, but it causes your prayers to be hindered from God. You, you, you're familiar with the Lord's Prayer, and in the Lord's Prayer it says, you know, we're instructed. He says, you know, if you forgive men their trespasses, which means their wrongs against you, then I will give you forgive you your trespasses. <coughs> so we see that they go hand in hand. And then if you go on, he, he reiterates this, uh, when he's talking with Peter in the book of Matthew, Peter says, Lord, how many times should I forgive someone? And he said, you know, seven times or 70 times seven, which that's 490 times in one day. Uh, I know some, some, some pretty rough people out there and, uh, I don't know anybody that could, uh, do you wrong 490 times in a day, but yet even at that God said to forgive. And it's not for that person. You, that's one thing I think that we, why we maybe are hesitant sometimes to forgive is we don't want to forgive them because we're scared if we forgive them, we're letting them off of a punishment. We think by us not speaking to them or having nothing to do with them or holding unforgiveness, it's some kind of punishment to them. But in reality, it's a punishment to ourselves. I like what uh, Joyce Meyer said uh, in one of her books. She said that, you know, uh, unforgiveness towards a person is like you drinking poison and expecting the person that hurts you to die. And that is so true because even if you go in, I was reading uh, today on the Internet from the Mayo Clinic. Uh, well, you know, the Mayo Clinic's not the Bible. It's not New Testament and Old Testament. And it's, it's none of that. The Mayo Clinic is doctors, uh, worldly doctors that have done studies and research, and they show that unforgiveness causes, uh, it can cause uh, health problems dealing with your heart. Uh, it can cause sleep problems. It can cause uh, unexpected and unnecessary weight gain. It causes mental issues as far as depression, anxiety, worry. Uh, it causes bitterness, all of these things. So you, you can look and realize that even in the world, they understand from a doctor's standpoint, unforgiveness is something that is very unhealthy. And, you know, the Bible in Luke chapter 6, in verse 28 he said, bless those that curse you. And then he said, pray for those who spitefully use you. You know, I'm sure many of you are, are like myself or like Josh is, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have been, been done wrong before you've been spitefully used. You know, there's, uh, people in your life sometimes, uh, they may call themselves a friend but in reality, they're there and they're your friend as long as 
you're a benefit to their life as far as money or uh, connections, things like that. If you have nothing like that to add, they don't don't have anything to do with you. And if you have relationships like that, you'll find yourself eventually in a place where you're going to feel hurt, you're going to feel used, you may feel, uh, you know, taken advantage of, and and it hurts. It does, uh, you know, and it may not even be something like that. It may be something where somebody you trusted or uh, confided in uh, may have told lies on you, may have said something that you said that was not true, and it causes, you know, all these different uh, problems in your life because, you know, uh, especially if you live in small towns or small communities, uh, you know, gossip is a, is a, a, a big commodity, and, excuse me, in a lot of communities because people like to talk. And a rumor may get started and it may cost you and people may look at you funny, but what you have to realize is we don't look at what the world says and how the world says to handle a situation we don't react based on worldly actions. We have to look at the word of God. And Jesus said, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. When you understand that, when you pray, when you someone has done you wrong, when you begin to pray for them, it doesn't mean instantly that you're going to have this release. Hey, I can truly love them. Because some hurts may be very deep, may be very traumatic, and cost you a lot of pain. But when you begin to pray for them and say, God, I forgive them, what you are doing is you're releasing that hold against them. So you're releasing yourself from uh, the opportunities to have resentment, bitterness, or things like that that's going to affect you. Also, it's going to, uh, by forgiving, you're clearing the path for your your pathway when you pray so that God will hear you. Because we know through Scripture that if you have unforgiveness in your heart, it can hinder the blessings and the things that you need in your life. Mark 11, 23 and 24, a very famous passage of Scripture that a lot of faith uh, preachers like to use, and it, it's phenomenal. I love it. Uh, you know, and he says that uh, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe the things that he says, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Well, a lot of people do that and they stand on that and they're believing, but then what they're believing for doesn't come to pass and they get mad at God or frustrated, but they didn't go on and read the next verse. And he said, and if you have aught, meaning resentment, bitterness, strife, unforgiveness, if you have aught against a brother, forgive. Why? So that the Father may hear your request. So you see there, if you're believing God for something, make sure that you're not holding unforgiveness to anybody. It doesn't matter how little or how big the, the offense is don't have an opportunity or don't take an opportunity to walk in an offense. Walk according to the scripture and the word of God and let God deal with that person. And when it says there, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you, I believe the first thing that begins to happen when you begin to pray, God, I uh, forgive that person. Father, help me to love that person the way that you love them. What that does is it releases God into their life because the first thing, because we think, well, I don't want blessings on a person that done me wrong. I don't, why would I want God to bless somebody that's cost me money and cost me heartache and, and ruined my life because they said so? It's because the first thing that has to happen, they are not going to be blessed. God can't bless a person like that that's walking in those things. But what it does is it allows God to deal with them in their life so that God can expose to them the wrong that they have committed. Because you have to understand 
a lot of times people may do something wrong or something to offend you, and they may not even realize what they've done. They, they may not understand, well, what I said was offensive to them. So you have to understand that it gives God the opportunity first to go into their life and expose to them the wrongs that they have committed. And, of course, if somebody comes to you, it doesn't matter what they've done, how bad it is, if they say, would you forgive me, always the answer is yes. And you say, but why? Well, one of the ways I like to look at it is I always like to apply how Jesus lived his life here on the earth. Jesus hanging on a cross after being humiliated in a public square, after having his clothes ripped off, after being spat on, his beard plucked out, they were mocking him. Uh, they put the crown of thorns on his head, was saying prophesy. They tied him to a whipping post and whipped him with the cat of nine tails, pulling flesh and, and muscle and all that out of his body, then drug him up a hill and nailed him to a cross. And yet he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, they thought they were doing something productive for their time, not realizing that they were altering and they didn't understand that he was the true Messiah. And, you know, even though what they did, it was foretold and had to be done so that he would pay the ultimate sacrifice for all of us for salvation. But when you look at that, Jesus, out of a heart of compassion, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I believe not only was he talking to those people at that time, but I believe he was looking past those people. He was going through eons of time, looking all the way to you and I, because how many times have we sinned missed it and fell short of the glory of God. But yet every time when we say, Father, forgive me, not one time has Jesus ever said, no, I'm not forgiving you. You're not worthy. You just go on and do whatever. I don't care about you. He says, no, you're forgiven. Because the Bible says as far as the east is from the west, so far have I taken your sin from you. Well, if Jesus can do that for me, then who am I to hold bitterness and, and things like that against another person? And then in Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 12 and 14 uh, through 14, he says, not that I have already attained this, that is, I have not already been perfected. And I think that catches all of us. None of us are perfect but I strive to lay hold of that which Jesus Christ also laid hold of for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have attained this. <clears throat> Instead, I am single-minded, forgetting the things that are behind me and reaching out for the things that are ahead. With this goal in mind, I strive towards the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Notice here, he says that I forget the things that are behind me. The first thing you have to do in forgiveness is you have to forgive somebody, you and then you have to let it go. You know, I've seen a lot of uh, marriages. I, I've, I've, you know, being a pastor uh, over the years, I've had to counsel uh, marriage, uh, give marriage counseling to to couples. And the, one of the hardest things I believe that, that, that causes a couple may get back together for a little bit, but then it don't work is because they'll get back together with the intent on working it out. But the first time a problem arises, well, you know what you did. And they try to throw up the past. And what that does is you're just living in the past. You're living in the wrong you're living in what was done to you. It's that victim mentality. And when you, you understand that a victim mentality is a mentality that never wins, 
wants everybody to pity them and wants everybody to make sure that they are, are, are constantly making sure they're all right instead of being, you know what, I was done wrong, but I'm looking past that. I have forgiven that person. I love that person. I pray blessings on them, and I'm moving forward. Why? Because if you do not do that, if you do not forget the things that are behind you, then you'll never obtain the things that God has before you. And that's what he's saying here. Because with that goal in mind, then you have the ability to reach upward. And you see, if you're constantly looking back, I always tell people why is the rearview mirror of your car smaller than the window in front the, that it hangs off of? Well, because you need to spend less time looking back at what's behind you and more time focusing on what's in front of you. So you have to learn to forgive, and part of forgiveness is letting go. It's, it's forgetting what they've done. It's letting go and then learning to move on. Uh, you know, this may be some of you, but you may, if it's not you, it may be some, somebody that you know. But, you know, how many people have you ever heard talk about, well, you know, I just can't get over that, and I just don't understand. Well, it, I always like to tell people, build a bridge and get over it. There's a, something in front of you. There's an obstacle that the enemy keeps putting in front of you that you cannot cross because every time you begin to try to cross it, the enemy puts it in front of you and you, oh, I, I can't go forward. Look at what's happened to me. And God's saying, you got to move forward. You got to put that behind you. And that's why I say build a bridge. How's that bridge built? By the word of God and walk according to the scripture, not according to what somebody says. You know, I hate to burst your bubble, but not everybody that is in your life, God sent. Not everybody in your life is there to bless you. Not everybody that calls their self your friend is truly there to be your friend. The enemy will send people in your life to trip you up, to hurt you, to cause you heartache and pain, to, you know, to get you off of the, uh, the, the pathway that God has for you. And that's why it's so important to learn, irregardless of what's been done to you, forgive. You've got to forgive, and you have to learn to let it go, not only for yourself and most importantly for yourself, but for other people, because when you begin to hold on to bitterness, it, I'm not talking about necessarily the person that done you wrong, but those people around you, those people that are closest to you, that bitterness and unforgiveness begins to rub off on them. Why? Because now you begin to have trust issues with everyone around you. If you be getting bitter, you become short. You give short answers. You bite people's head off. You're always sad and mopey. Well, who wants to be around sad, mopey, bitter people all the time? You know, so you have to learn that that's not a healthy relationship. It's not something healthy that you want to maintain. You want to forgive people, release them. Now, I always tell people, they say, well, you mean I got to forgive so-and-so after what they did, and, and I've got to just be buddy-buddy with them again? Absolutely not. You do not. You, you can choose to be continue to be friends with them. You, that's your choice. But what you have to do for your own health, for your own mental wellness, and for your own walk with God is you have to forgive. You know, there's been people in my life that have done things that have caused me pain, caused me heartache. It's caused me to, you know, have to swallow my pride and ask for help. And, it, and it's caused a lot of humiliation for me. But I've learned that I have to let that go. And those people that's done that, I can look at them now in the face. If I see them uh, at a grocery store or out in public, I can honestly go to that person and speak to them, shake their hand, hug their neck. Why? Because I, I can't think of a person in my life right now, even though you know people have done me wrong, that I have bitterness or unforgiveness towards. Everyone, whether they've done me wrong or not, I have forgiven them. 
I am not going to hold unforgiveness in my life because there was a time in my life, a short period of time, thank God, but I, I began to walk in that because of something that happened. It caused me a lot of heartache and stress, and I felt the you know unforgiveness not dealt with is the root of bitterness. And when bitterness takes root, oh, it, it just begins to destroy your life. And I, I, I found myself mad constantly towards everyone. I was not happy at all. You know, I was mad at God. I was mad at my wife. I was mad at my children, mad at the situation. Then I'm telling, you know, the enemy's telling me, oh, you're a failure. You can't do this. And you was, you know, should, should have known that and all these other things. But when I finally prayed and I said, God, I, I have got to release this. And a pastor friend of mine prayed with me. When I prayed, that release happened. And when that release happened, I felt a, a weight come off of me that was so heavy. And after that, I made up my mind that, you know, I'm not going to walk in unforgiveness because it, it felt so unhealthy. And, you know, to this day, I truly have love for that person. Uh, I still talk to them from time to time. And, you know, I would do anything I could to help that person. Doesn't mean I'm going to put myself back in a very close relationship with that person. Uh, one analogy I, I heard a minister say one time was, you know, you could go in somebody's yard that you're good friends with and their dog could bite you and, you know, Hey, you don't have to continue not, or you don't have to not be friends with them anymore, but at the same time, you don't have to go back in that guy's yard so that dog can bite you. So what a few of the things we're going to talk about tonight is you setting boundaries and that's part of it. You know, if, if I know that this person's going to do me or has done me this way in the past and has caused me heartache, I can still be an acquaintance or have a friendship at a distance with them, but I'm not going to put myself back in that situation to allow the enemy. And see, that's the thing you have to consider. Always consider the source. That person was just being used by the enemy, by Satan, to try to, to get you off course and off track. So you have to always consider that. So instead of getting mad at the person, get mad at the devil. Love the person. Get mad at the enemy and the attack that he's trying to do in your life. So I think now what I want to, to share with you is there's three things, and uh, Josh is going to jump in with some of this, and we're going to kind of talk back and forth about this, is there's three things I believe is beneficial for you that if you've been done wrong and when you to walk in forgiveness and have the ability to let something go and then move forward, the number one thing that you need to do, I believe, is evaluate your relationship with the person that has done you wrong. You know, what kind of person is it? Uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with dark. You know, so be careful who you're friends with. If they're a, a, a worldly person, then it shouldn't surprise you if something's done wrong. But I know there's some of you watching right now going, yeah, but the people that's hurt me has been church people. Well, I understand that, but it's still the same. You need to evaluate. You know, a lot of people go to church, but I don't truly believe if a person's walking in the things of God, if they're uh, seeking God for the direction in their life, I truly don't believe that person would ever do you wrong, especially intentionally, they would do you wrong. I don't believe that that's in that person. Because when you're walking in God, you're walking in righteousness, and God said he would direct your path, well, then my path would never be a path that would cause you harm, or your path should never be one that caused me harm, as long as we're both walking in the things of God. So it's always evaluate your relationship with that person. Find out, you know, 
uh, I always, you know, you've got some people, I like to say it, that when they call you on your cell phone, because, you know, most phones now have cell phones, that it'll tell you who's calling. Uh, you know, when you look at that, is it the person that done you wrong looking? Is it somebody that every time you talk to them, they're always down, always out, never happy, no joy, always needing something, always can't, you know, everybody's always out to get them. Well, they're in your life because they need something. And if you give them the word of God and they don't receive it, then you don't need to give them anything else. Hey, because, hey Wes, ahead, I think yeah. one of the things that, uh, I see a lot of times is assumption. Yeah. We're assuming and thinking in their place instead of actually having sort of confirmation. Yeah. And so in that point, it puts you at a, it puts you at a distance because you assume that they're mad at you or you assume yeah. that they don't like you anymore or you yeah. assume that they're not your friend anymore. It's just, it's really kind of petty in this day and time, but mm -hmm. for the audience here, don't assume. Yeah. Talk to the individual. I feel, yeah. feel like we can resolve ninety percent of issues by just having that communication and that dialogue and talking to them, mm -hmm. and get on the path of forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, and the Bible says plainly, if you have aught against your brother, then go to him. And but it don't say go to him haughty. You go to him in love, and you know, I believe a lot of times, and that's why. You know, like with me and, and pastoring, my philosophy with a lot of things, especially dealing with people and relationships, is I like to kill a gnat with a sledgehammer. And, you, you know, and that means that's, that's overkill. But if I hear that somebody's uh, disgruntled or there's maybe two families in the church that maybe uh, are going at it or if somebody's mad with me, I want to go to them, or if there's two families, I want to sit down with them because I found through the years that the quicker you go and, and try to talk about it, because like you say, you'll find out a lot of times it was because somebody somewhere assumed something that wasn't true or misunderstood the way something was said or phrased, and instead of getting clarification, they just assumed this, and then that began to just dwell. Yep, that's right. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things that I, I, I don't know why people get off on that. And then they're on the de defense all the time. Yeah. I'm defensive. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of just – I've even tried to teach our ki my kids, mm -hmm. if somebody's got an issue, go to them. Let's have yeah. a conversation. Yeah. That don't necessarily have to be a fight or an argument or a disagreement. Let's just talk. Yeah. Let's figure out and handle it like an adult. And hopefully we don't put ourselves in that situation that we're, we are having to forgive somebody because we've communicated and we've done the right things. And if we have said something, then we can ask for forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, that was one thing. Uh, and it was hard for me to, to, to do. But, you know, I had a situation where things got said and some people got their feelings hurt, but it was nothing I said. It was it was what was said that I said. You know what I'm saying? So, it, but for me, and I had a minister tell me this. He said, "You're gonna have to ask for forgiveness." And I said, "Yeah, but I didn't do anything." He said, "That's not the point." He said, "To those people, you did it, and it hurt them." So he said, "To be in the to blessings of God, to walk in the favor of God." He said, you're going to have to swallow pride, he said, which you need to get rid of anyway, and you just need to go to them. And he said, don't say if I've hurt you. Just own it. Say, look, things were said, and I hurt your feelings, and for that I'm asking you to forgive me. And, you know, I had to pray about that because that was not something easy to do <laughs> because I was wanting to try to, you know, hey, I didn't say that. I didn't do this. Here's what I said, and here's... But that takes so much time. It was easy for me just to say, look, I've hurt you, and I'm asking for it. And, you know, when I've done it, that's the easiest thing I'd ever done. And and the people, just it, they accepted it. It was no big deal, okay? You know. Um, so, you know, I think that that's a good point that you bring out, you know, that uh, when when you feel like you've been done wrong, and never, 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 
get mad at somebody else because of what somebody else they heard said about you. Don't ever assume that the person telling you somebody, well, so-and-so said this about you. Well, that's fine. But before you cast judgment, you need to go straight to that person. Well, they won't tell me the truth. Well, that's on them. But what happens is when you get secondhand information, it gives this big window for like Josh, the point he brought up is it gives you a room to assume. And the more time that is spaced out there, the more assumptions begin to get made. Well, wonder they could have said it because of this, or they could have said it because of that, you know, so always make sure don't assume the Bible says, if you have all against a brother, go to him. And you may say, well, I've been, I went to that person and it didn't do no good. Well, it says after that, if that don't reconcile the situation, you bring them before the elders of the church, find, get a pastor, get a mediator, somebody in the church, uh, you know, it could be a, an usher, a deacon, somebody of good rapport that you trust in the church, have them sit down and, and mediate the situation. A lot of times somebody that's what I call neutral uh, from the outside looking in aspect or from the 30,000 view, uh, foot view, so to speak, they can look at the whole thing because they're neutral in it and they may not see what you see or what the other person sees and they can bring clarity to it so that it can be mended and forgiveness can be applied. So always evaluate relationships. Who, who are you closely connected to? If they're constantly causing you pain, I would probably do a little thing like I like to call of disconnect, you know, snip it, cut them, let them go. Because if they're constantly causing you that heartache and pain, you're going to constantly be having to deal with it to where it gets to a point that you begin to walk in that bitterness and strife and it is not healthy. So to be able to let go, you got to evaluate that relationship. How close do I need to be to that person? How much of my life can I pour in? There's the intimate things, you know, that, that I don't need to tell them now, you know, that's been a big thing of mine is a lot of people like to post their issues on social media. Every issue they have, they're going to post on social media and then every self-proclaimed keyboard certified whatever expert for that problem will chime in and tell them what they need to do and you'll have 50 comments of what they need to do and not one of them's anything to do with the Word of God. And you get that wrong advice. So always evaluate the person and evaluate the situation. Never act out of wrath. Never speak out of wrath. Always step back. Take a deep breath. Say, God, give me the grace and the strength, but help me see the truth in this. Help me forgive this person and help me to walk in love because it benefits you to do it the way God said. The second thing is to help keep you even those offenses are going to come. The Bible says that. But always, I believe, is set clear boundaries. There's boundaries that I've set. There's certain people in my life that I, I allow to know certain things. And then there's other people that they don't know as much. And then there's some people that's right in my what I call my inner circle, like my wife, my kids, my parents, and some very close friends that know the intimate details of my life. You have to be able to do that, and setting boundaries, I believe, helps you to where you don't always turn around when people, you know, hurting your feelings and doing things like that because those people in that inner circle are there to protect you. They're there to help you. And, you know, I like friends around me. If, if I feel like I've been offended or hurt, I'll talk, to, and they'll tell me the truth. You know, and there's been times I've had people, man, you need to grow up. You know, you need to get you, you, you hide toughened a little bit. I wouldn't even worry about that. Don't pay that any attention. You know, put people around you that will tell you the truth. And like I said, always step back and take a deep breath because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, 
but harsh words stir up anger. And you see, you, you end up, if you, you know, I've had people say things before to me and I just, okay, thank you. You know, okay, thank you. Why? Well, because if I argue back with them, it's just going to stir up anger from both sides and we're not getting anywhere and somebody's going to get upset. It's going to cause big problems. And, you know, I like the old saying, you've got to get to a place where you learn to agree to disagree. You know, I, 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 that's a value, if you want to call it a value, that I think majorly we're missing in the church and we're missing in society today, especially if you look in society with cancel culture and all this, is agree to disagree. You know, uh, you may have a, a way you like to do things, and this person may have... And you may not agree, but bottom line is you have to be able to learn to agree to disagree. Uh, that's been the, a big thing, and you may have noticed this, Josh, but it seems like now when you disagree with someone, uh, it, they take it automatically as you hate them. Yeah, you're against them. Yeah, well, you just, you don't love me. You hate No, I don't. I love everybody because that's what the, but I just disagree with you on this topic. You know. Yeah, I think a lot of times we just see people, you know, here, here's the thing is you put a lot of us, especially those that are watching right now online with us, listen to me because I want to say this very clear, is we get ourselves wrapped up with everything else that's going on and we we take ourselves out of, we take our, put ourselves in situations that we really sometimes don't have any business in being in. Right. You know, uh, the things that we are uh, focused on or concentrated on, and then when we get involved in somebody else's dirt or details or all those types of things, and we want to act like we're contributing to helping them, but actually we're just we're bottlenecking ourselves into their their pity, uh, into their demise or whatever the things that they may be going to. Mm-hmm. The excellent point is not to, to have these boundaries. Don't put yourself in those situations. Don't put yourself in in, in where in a way that you're going to have a poor reflection of number one who Jesus is, mm-hmm. number two of of not allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to really talk to you. I think in some instances, if we could just take the, uh, instead of having that conversation, it's backing up and praying and mm-hmm. seeking the Lord about it and having an understanding and then, you know, taking uh, taking me out of it. Take yeah. take me out of it. Mm-hmm. God, tell me what I, show me what I need to do. And sometimes that takes just a little bit of time. On the opposite end, the other person thinks, well, they don't want to have nothing to do with me, and they're yes. against me, and they're all this. And that's not true. That's whenever you circle back as soon as you have some understanding. Say, hey, listen, I had to take a step back mm-hmm. to get myself right. You can then ask, hey, forgive me because I, did, I wasn't there whenever I yeah. needed to be. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to interject myself back into this situation. And I think I can help speak clearly to it whether my, my answer is correct or not. Yeah. It's, but it, out, my intent is for it to help you, not to hurt you. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the things that people have to, you know, just take a step back, pray about situations instead of just inserting yourself into the situation that you have really no business being in in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's, you know, I, I found that a lot of times is, you know, a lot of times we, we want to be the good ship lollipop. You know, uh, it doesn't matter who's going through what. Yeah, let me get in the middle of your situation, and I can help you. Well, no, you can't. The only time, the only people that can help them is God. The only thing that will set them free and deliver them is the Word of God. You know, you can pull somebody out of a ditch and say, "Oh, hallelujah, let's shout!" But if you don't teach them how to stay out of the ditch, yeah. they're gonna slide right back in it, and you're gonna have to go right back in and help them again. And it causes you unnecessary stress, unnecessary worry. It wastes your time. You know, that's one of my biggest things is my time. Don't, if you want help or if you want to, to for me to be your friend, don't waste my time. Yeah. Time is something you can't get back. Yep. That time is, 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 there's a limited quantity of it. And, you know, you, you can't get that back. And that's why I believe, too, talking about establishing clear boundaries and, and knowing who it is that you're is in your circle of friends and in your circle of influence is, you know, and I love the book of Proverbs. It, there's so much wisdom pertaining to everyday life in Proverbs. You know, everybody, you, you should just, I don't care where you're reading now, 
Just go to the book of Proverbs and start reading it till you read through it. There's so much wisdom. But in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, he says it right here. The righteous person is cautious in his friendship. That means he's careful. He's cautious who he calls friend, who he hangs with, who he allows, uh, you know, to open up to, 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 to know the secrets of his life, the intimate things of his life. He's very cautious. But it says the way of the wicked leads them astray. That's why when I said earlier that the enemy will put people in your life, they may seem, oh, man, this is an awesome person. Oh, man, this person is great. Hey, they may seem great, but if they're pulling you astray from where God's called you, then when you get far enough off course, they're going to hurt you, and you're not going to see a way back. So you have to be aware of that. Evaluate your relationships with people, then establish clear boundaries about what you're going to allow in your life, you know, who you're going to allow in your life, because some people, bottom line, <laughs> some people just like oil and water. Some people's not going to get along. Your personalities are just not going to permit it, you know, it, but it doesn't mean you can't love people. You know, um, and that was one big thing, like with my kids in school. Uh, and I think a lot of parents do this. And if any of you watching, uh, you know, don't get mad at me. But we had situations where the teachers, their personality with my kids' personality didn't, they did, just didn't mesh. And, you know, we... We would notice a trend where one of ours was just getting in trouble right at the beginning of school. And, you know, we'd have a parent-teacher conference. And, you know, a lot of times I would find, well, it's, it's just my kid and that teacher don't get along. But what most parents do is they go in and raise cane. Well, you're going to move my kid. I want my kid moved out of that class. I'm, but what I taught my kids is make them love you. You're like, what, what do you mean? It's not going to be fun, but just go in and whatever they ask you to do, do it. No matter what they say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I said, in what? And we'd done that two or three different times as they were in elementary school, even into middle school. And what we begin to find and my kids begin to see is by the middle, about the middle of the year, maybe a little sooner, that teacher began to like them and started talking about how respectful they were, and they always got their work done. And you say, well, yeah, but I just didn't want to have to deal with it. But what we do by doing that, and that there are some cases you have to get your kids moved. I mean, it's just, you have to. But in most cases, if you let the kid learn that in life, then they're not offended by everything, because what you're doing is you're teaching that child that, well, if something don't go wrong, or something don't go right in my jobs, let's switch jobs. If something don't go right in my relationship, switch relationship. Why? Because every time they got into a tight situation, you didn't teach them how to walk in forgiveness and walk in love. You just handled it and, and circumvented the situation so that in life now, every time they're faced with a, a place where they need to walk in love and, and forgiveness, they just, well, let's just move to the next thing. So, you know, establish those boundaries. And the third thing is a healthy way forward. So once you've given, been done wrong and you've asked uh, that, you know, you've forgiven that person or whether you've had to ask for forgiveness, I think it uh, pertains to either one. You have to look at a healthy way forward. How do I handle being around that person? Because bottom line, if that person done you wrong and they hurt you, and it's a job, well, you can't quit your job. I mean, if you like the job, why quit it? Because somebody done you wrong. Learn how to move forward, but do it healthy. Same thing with church. If you get your feelings hurt at church and just jump from this church to the next church, you're just going to take the problem that you had at this church to the next church. Always, if you, and this is a free nugget, if you're wanting to move churches, if you, you say, you know what, I just feel like it's time for me to move, after you've prayed about it, 
and talk to the pastor about it. Make sure that you're leaving that church on good terms. Because if you leave a church with baggage, you're going to take that baggage to the next church, and eventually that baggage will get unpacked, and you'll find yourself in the same situation. And I'll just reiterate, not just good terms, great terms. Yeah, leave on great terms. It's just like leaving a job. Mm -hmm. You know, especially if you're in an industry where, you know, everybody's kind of connected. You know, it's Mm -hmm. churches like that. You know, I've got friends that go to other churches, you know, so it's kind of interconnected. Leave on great terms Mm -hmm. because that ultimately represents your character or who you are and what you're about. Mm -hmm. If you don't care about your character, then you don't care about asking for forgiveness. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, I mean, there should be a value in your name and who you are and what you're about. So, and, and that said, leave on great terms. Yeah. Leave something better than it was before you got there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's been one of the things I've always been amazed is when people come to a church, they want the pastor to pray with them about that. We feel like this is the place that we want to be a part of, and we want you to pray about it. And, you know, you pray about it, and, oh, it's good. But when they get ready to leave, it's just them and God's decided that it's time for them to leave, and they never ask the pastor. You know, and I think a lot of times, you know, it it would have been as, as simple as a conversation with the pastor would have prevented them from ever even being in that situation. And, you know, a healthy way forward, the book of Proverbs, again, notice I'm in Proverbs again, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Didn't say nothing about your head, did it? So it don't matter what your thoughts in your head. Your head will lead you astray but your heart will keep you on the path of righteousness. And he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. That's your mind. But acknowledge God or him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. So you see, even when the enemy throws you a curveball, if you trust God and that's the whole, what do you mean? Well, God said, forgive. He said, Jesus said 70 times 7. That's 490 times in a day like we talked about at the beginning. You have to trust God. You have to take him at his word. And he said, if you do, he said he'll make your path straight. He won't lead you astray. He won't lead you down some uncertainty. He will walk you down a straight path. Now, it doesn't say that there may be some obstacles on that straight path, which is relationships that you have to navigate through. But if you trust in God and not your own understanding, you know, that's one thing I think everybody ought to pray. Maybe I, I do it every quarter. That's just one thing I've done about every quarter is I pray, God, if there's people in my life that are not beneficial to me, that are not a benefit to my life, that you didn't send to my life, Father, weed them out. You know, why? It doesn't mean that there may be bad people. It just means that where they're going and where I'm going is two different paths. So, you know, you always want to make sure that the people that you're around are godly people that are have the same mindset, the same vision, you know, and that's like, you know, in leadership here at the church, you have to have the mindset, you have to grasp the vision of seeing people's lives change by the power of God. And until you grasp that concept, you can't be in leadership. Why? Because you, we, we, our leadership, we, we are close, and we are able to share our passions and desires with each other without offense. You know, uh, how many times have have me and you disagreed on stuff, Josh? Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, we've all had disagreements. Yeah. Know? So yeah, I mean, it's been plenty of times. Yeah. We, we've had disagreements, and it's not that I'm right and Josh is wrong or Josh is right and I'm wrong. Sometimes we, we may have a little bit different way of doing something, but the thing is, me and Josh both, and I know Josh without a shadow of a doubt, has the vision of the church of seeing people's life change by the power of God. So we're able to agree to disagree, but at the end of the day, let's get the job done. And, you know, yeah, there's always opportunities for offense there's always opportunities for 
to walk in unforgiveness, but why walk in things that the enemy sent to you to trip you up? Why not just walk in forgiveness, walk in love, because God says he'll make you pass straight if that's the way you walk. Amen. Guys, listen, uh, I appreciate you tuning in tonight. Uh, me and Josh has shared a little bit about uh, forgiveness and how to move forward with it. We're all going to be tempted with that. We're all going to be given an opportunity, uh, more than one, unfortunately, to walk in either forgiveness or unforgiveness and then how you move forward. But when you do it with the Word of God, you always come out on top. You, you sleep. You have peace. God says, I give you the peace that passes all understanding. Even when people's talking about you, doing you wrong, you'll be at peace. Why? Because I know what God's word says about me. So what people say about me doesn't really matter. So think on those things. You know, pray, God, is there anywhere in my life, is there any people in my life that I'm walking in bitterness or unforgiveness toward? Is there anybody in my life that I'm, I'm having resentment? And God, if they are, reveal that to me. Show that to me so that I can forgive them so that you can forgive me and that I can walk in the blessings that your mercy and grace has afforded me. So think on those things, and I believe God can reveal things to you so that you can make sure you're walking in the perfect will of God and in those blessings. Guys, if you hadn't hit the like button, hit that like button. Also hit the share button. Put it out there on social media or on the podcast. Thank you again for subscribing and watching for those that have. But help us do our part in sharing the gospel. All you got to do is hit that share button. You'll put it to all your friends. Somebody you're friends with may need to know how to walk in forgiveness because it may be the one thing that's hindering them from the breakthrough that they're believing God for. Amen. Guys, we love you. Have a blessed week. May God's favor rest upon you in every area of your life. And remember, walk in forgiveness. We'll see you next Wednesday night.